Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast phase one, where we know that the first step in solving any kind of problem is by having a conversation. Let's share our vision, let's share our opinions, and let's get into the practice of hearing each other's stories. So today, we are continuing with the Youth Day series. We had Youth Day on Wednesday, and today's Friday, so it's the last day of the series. We've had uh, two discussions, two interviews so far this week, and today's the last one, best for last. So I'm really excited to get into this conversation with our guest for today. So I am going to allow her to introduce herself. And then Tay, after introducing yourself, telling us what you're studying, where you're studying, um, also tell us if you could live in any other African country, which country would it be and why? Okie dokie. So hi. Hey girl. Um. I am a fourth year education student at NMU. I am from Port Elizabeth, been here all my life. I was at collegiate, like my whole life, so I've just been here, done that, and straight into studying, and I knew education is for me. Um, I do my practicals at Parsons Hill Primary School, very passionate, love what I'm studying, love the career that I'm going to go into. Um, the country that I, another African country that I would want to live in is Malawi. I'm a bit biased <laughs> because <laughs> my dad is actually working, he's been working there for five months this year. Oh, wow. So it's been so interesting to hear his views about what he's seeing and what he's experiencing mm. there. He says the culture, everyone is so hardworking. Sure. Even though it's, it's so poor and so rural, but everyone is grinding, everyone's working, even from little kids mm. um, to the older people. Everyone's just trying to make a living. Um, it's so beautiful there. The craft that people make, it's just stunning. So I'm just super interested in the culture, in the languages, from what I've heard from my dad and the pictures I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I think it would just be interesting to compare um, living in South Africa, which is a little more advanced. Or yeah, more advanced I would definitely country. agree. Yeah. And, then, and then, like, having this contrast, you right in the same continent where people are poor and it's just completely rural, mm. but they still have... A fighting spirit you know so i'd love to just experience that that sounds amazing actually like i've I've never been to malawi but i do have friends from malawi but it's just really? yeah it's just amazing to see like you know regardless of their circumstances they're still so hard working and their mentality mm. it's just i don't know it seems to be so advanced and i think that the difference with south africa is that we have such different worlds within one country so it makes it so difficult for us to kind of have that sort of mentality because everyone's coming from co- two completely different sides of the spectrum you have your so super cool. poor areas super rich and then this awkward missing middle where they don't really know where where they're meant to be mm. and so it's just so different um and actually it's so cool that she went to collegiate i actually wanted to go to collegiate but then, yeah, because I wanted to do French. I wanted to do French. I remember going to the open day. And then my mom my mom went to an all-girls school, and so did my dad. Okay, well, he went to an all-boys school. And they were like, no, our children will not go to a single-sex school 
It's just not Why cool. not? Hey, please ask them. They were so set on it. Like, no, 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 no. When you go to work, you're going to work with men. Um, take a wild guess, actually. I would love to see where you think I went to school, since you know I'm from PE. <laughs> I would say you seem like a fierce night. You know, you give me that vibe. <laughs> oh, you're spot on. <laughs> Yes, I am a piercing yes. girl, but like the cool I, side of piercing. <laughs> Not like the openly competitive <laughs> side of piercing. But anyways, let me not bash on anyone. <laughs> um, so, Tay, I'm so happy that you're passionate about what you're studying. I think it's such a blessing that you are passionate about what you're studying. I think a lot of people just go into university not really knowing what they're doing. It's just mm-hmm. like going through the motions and that's just the next step, you know. So I'm really happy that, you know, it's your passion and you're happy with what you're doing. Um, so now, okay, so did you always know that you wanted to do education? Is that why you decided to go to university immediately after school? Um, I knew towards the end of my grade 11 year, I knew that I wanted to work with people like in an intimate way or like, to be really close with people and have connections. I wanted to go into psychology first, but I thought, ah, that's not going to work. So I thought, what is a way that I can help people? But also, and I also enjoy studying and I enjoy languages and learning. So how can I combine that passion with being with people, with trying to have an impact? And I was like, teaching sounds like it. And... I went with it and it stuck and I loved it the moment. The first like day I got to that campus, I got into the course, I knew this is for me. And not looking back. That's amazing though. That's yeah. amazing that and I'm so glad that at least you knew in grade 11 because I gave you enough time to kind of concentrate on it from grade 11 mm. and leading up until matric. Um, and then it wasn't like this big surprise for you in matric. So, okay, so once you now knew that you wanted to study uh, education and you knew exactly what you were going to do, what was the journey like in terms of now realizing that, okay, you want to go to university, but it is pretty expensive. So that journey of figuring out how you were going to finance it, how, sure. how did you go about that? That was the biggest like stress and struggle because I mean it's extremely expensive mm. so what we did was I knew in matric this is what I want to do so I need to try and secure a bursary so I worked hard that was like my main thing and I was like okay I want to get the FUNSA bursary because everyone knows about FUNSA yeah. if you teach in bursary that's just great and wonderful so that was my plan I went to the education department trying to work that out apply and everything just to get into my first year mm. and it fell through it was never processed so I was stuck with no funding in varsity and luckily I was able to register because of my marks from okay. so it was such a big struggle I didn't know where I was going to get money from didn't know I was going to get funding couldn't apply for funds that was closed so my whole first year was a stress it was Hold on, so you you applied, but they said that they just didn't get your application. Yeah, so I applied through the education department. Uh I went there regularly. Um, I applied in October of my matric year. Went there like every month, and they said, no, um, you go to varsity as per usual next year in Feb. 
and then you'll receive an answer by March. Sure. Yeah, so, March. so now I'm waiting. Yes, I'm waiting, but I go to the education department. I'm checking, like, is everything's okay. March comes, people who did apply for FUNZA are getting their responses. People are getting funded, funded, mm. yes, yes, yes. And I just receive nothing. So I'm back at the education department, like, hey, did you guys process my application? And they just never did. Sure. So I'm stuck in a course that's like, TK and I don't know I'm gonna pay this and my parents don't have money for this mm. so it was a struggle it was a stress for the whole year I ended up just getting distinctions I saw that when you get a distinction it kind of comes off your balance yes for the yeah. Year. yeah so I did that and my thing came to half oh at least I'm, yes and then I applied for NASVAS for my second year and then that came through, but then I sat with my debt. I'm still sitting with oh. it. <laughs> oh, so now once you were yeah. done with first year, um, you were still you still hadn't paid for the first year, the half that was now left. Mm-mm. Oh my word! I know. That must it have been so stressful. stressful. It was stressful. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I could register for the next mm. year. So. Uh, it's definitely, I understand the struggle of not having money, like not knowing how you're going to study further, but you just have to keep going. <laughs> Giving up wasn't an option. Yeah. Just had to keep studying, just had to make a way, phone people at financial aid, standing line. Yeah. Like, see what you can do. And so yeah, now, that was, in that, that first year, in that first year, because I mean, you also have, you know, the stress of, I mean, Nelson Mandela University is massive, first of all. There is just so much that is new. You have so much freedom. There's this class that's there. The modules are different. And, you know, everything is at different times. So, you know, how did you get through that year knowing that at the back of your mind, I'm still not 100% sure how I'm going to pay for this year and still try and focus on, you know, the exams and the studying, because I know that the workload in university, it, it it's like times 10 from um, matric. So what kept you going? Because, I mean, you're saying that you ended up having to get your distinctions to help you kind of set off some of the expenses for your tuition. So, like, what kept you going? What was the motivation? How did you, how did you manage to concentrate so hard and get full distinctions? I'm not going to lie, I tried a lot <laughs> in that first semester. Sure. Um, just because of the stress, just not knowing what's going to happen. But mm. I knew that this is what I want to do. Like, I can't, like, it's something I'm so passionate about. I love what I'm doing. So I'm just going to do it to the best of my ability. Mm. And I just prayed about it. I tried to speak to people about it and just relate to people who are going through the same struggles. And just taking it day by day. And it, it ended up working for me. Like, just work on your assignments, work on your um, academics, and you'll pull through. And I just, one day at a time, that was my motto. Sure. And I, I, I can imagine, I think that's a brilliant motto because I think it's so overwhelming to think about everything in its entirety. But if you just say, okay, today, what can I do? What can I control? What yes. what can I focus on? Because, I mean, imagine. So so now, 
okay now now you were getting into fir- into second year and now you're trying to mm. figure out you know now trying to apply for NSFAS um yes. or NASFAS I don't know depending on how you want to pronounce it but so how was that now how was that process of getting NASFAS were you successful or did you have to now try find a different alternative I had to um you know you have to get some loopholes there mm-hmm. so I get into second year miraculously I somehow they let me register with my 16,000 rand debt. Sure. And I know, I don't know, don't know how that happened, but it happened. Mm. And so then I was like, okay, now my next step is to apply for NASFAS. Um, and I applied for it. It was unsuccessful because they check your parents' income oh. bracket or whatever. It's unsuccessful. So then I was like, I need to do something else. So I had to, you know, lie a bit, you know. Um, the system, mm. I have to say that I live with my granny, mm. and that is how I was able to get NASFAS, because I also tried to get the Matthew Goni bursary, which is a, a bursary, also another teaching bursary, mm. but I couldn't get that one because it's only for first years. Oh my goodness. Only, yeah, you have to apply for it for first year. So I was stuck. I tried to apply for FUNSA again, but then they said only for maths and science students, not language students, which oh, I was. Yes. So I was stuck, stuck, stuck. I was stressed out, and then my only hope was to, I had to say I live with my granny. Mm. She's a pensioner, and that is how I was able to get funding. So Sure. But you see that that's, that's remember when I was talking to you about how in South Africa, it's just so complicated because you've got your super, super, super rich. You've got your super, super, super poor. And then you've got the missing middle that is not on either side of the spectrum. But because of the kind of requirements that are put in place, they are not allowed to get quite a bit of relief because they're not super, super, super poor. But at the same time, they're not rich or at least wealthy enough to fully afford certain things that, you know, exactly. that they need. And it makes it makes it so difficult and so stressful for them to get, as you're saying, that financial relief and those bursaries mm. to get them through university. And then it's just so stressful because you also know that, like, you know, it's a bit it's a bit tricky, you know getting all like getting through the, the loopholes and all of that. But like, what else do you do? You exactly. Know? I don't know how else you would do it here in South Africa because you like you said it's just like this grey area, this mm. middle area. We don't just have like fifty, forty K chilling, but we also comfortable but it's a lot of sacrifice. You just don't know don't mm. know where you fit. Yo, and it gets so <laughs> frustrating. So So then now okay, so you, you got your NASFAS during your mm. second year. Yes. And d- where did that get you? Did that get you to to third year and fourth year as well? Yes. Thankfully, I was covered. I'm, yeah, I was covered for second year, third year, and now for fourth year, but still with this remaining date that's. Oh, from moving. first year? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, but you know what? It's actually quite a blessing that you managed to get something to like pull you through up until now. Mm. And I think the worst part is that it's in first year where 
Okay, let me ask you this. What other stressful aspects of university did you go through in first year over and above? So besides now the financial part of it, what else, you know, was kind of like difficult to, you know, get comfortable with and to get used to, um, get used to while you were trying to navigate this financial crisis that you, that you were in? Um, just the, just how big everything felt, mm. everything felt new and different. Like I, I came from an all girls school. So now I'm in this space where there's just so many people, mm. men, like everywhere. And I was just trying to get into the swing of that, like meeting new people, making connections. It was just, um, so I was kind of anxious a lot about all the people around me and just trying to figure out who I am yeah. in that environment. So that was something I had to navigate through above the academics and just the social stresses. Yeah. Know, like, who are you? Who are your friends? Are you, like, this party person? Are you this? Are you just at home? Like, you're just trying to figure mm. out who you are in this new environment. Now, this is a this is a question that's a little bit off the topic, but so you know, as you said, you went to an all girls school, and then now getting to university, it was an environment where you now have to communicate with men on a daily base, basis, whereas in school it wasn't like that. So now having experiences that you've had in a co-ed school and in a well co-ed university as well as a single sex school, would you still recommend that people should go the single sex school route and he said route but that's american way um (laughs) or do you still think that you know if you had to do it again you'd still go to um to collegiate um if i would do it again i would go to a single sex school um i think there's enough time to um mingle and socialize with males when you are out to school, I don't think it's that necessary or you're not going to miss out on anything. Oh. Um, I feel like you are a bit more, or I felt like I was a bit more focused. You can, it is a distraction. Um, I sound like an old person. <laughs> <but> <laughs> it can be distracting when you are young and you're all a young teenager, whatever. Mm. This is boys all around and you're in that phase, but if they're not all around you, you don't necessarily go through that. And then you get to university, and you are a bit older, you are a bit more mature to handle. Yeah. Um, interacting with males, I think. And then there's enough time to actually figure it out. You are not going to be, like, weird or anything. Well, that makes sense, actually. That, you know, I, I like what you're saying, that there is a time... And a place for everything. So, I mean, mm. there isn't much. But shame, I'm not going to lie, Shame. I enjoyed my co-AJs. It was a is whole it? vibe. Yeah, man. I just, I don't know. It was it was really nice. I think it was a really nice balance. Or maybe it's just because of the girls that were in my grade. That had, I don't know. Actually, let me not even go there. Because <laughs> another story on its own. Um, but... Tell me, what would you tell another first year that is maybe going through something similar to what you went through? Um, you know, not knowing what 
the future holds you know for just the end of that first year not knowing am i even going to make it through the entire um uh you know degree what advice would you give a first year or anyone that is currently going through any financial difficulties facing those financial obstacles that just don't know what's going to happen and they just don't know what to focus on what would you say to them um like what i would say what basically what i loved by control what you can it's only stress about or worry about what you can control don't worry about what you can't control take it one day at a time because eventually everything does sort itself out for mm. like it that everything works out the way it should as long as you control what you can control you can't control um 40,000 rand debt or all this but you can control your reactions you can control how you feel um, you can control what you do in that situation. So I would say just take a one day at a time and just focus on what you can control. Because worrying about the other things is not going to get you anywhere. It's mm. just going to, yeah, just add stress that you do not need. It literally does nothing back, for you, yeah. Yeah, not, and then you can look back. Like I can look back now at how, how many days I cried, I'm stressed out. Yeah, I'm four years later and everything turned out okay mm. and I believe everything is going to turn out okay, you know. I just love how you say that everything that is meant to be will turn out the way it's supposed to. I think that's something that is really important. And I think we always forget, I think we always try to control everything, but we're only meant to control what we can and everything else, yeah. just allow it to... Because sometimes if things don't work out, it's not necessarily like a full-on dead end. It just means that, you know, it's life trying to redirect you in a path that you yes. were supposed to go to in the first place. And, you know, it's, I guess it's up to all of us as to, you know, what lessons we want to pick up and learn, depending on what kind of situations that we find ourselves in. Mm. So... um you know, reflecting on what you've gone through and the kind of stresses that you've gone through, do you think that free education is the solution to these financial problems that so many students face and probably even more, you know, leading to the future now because of, you know, all these companies closing down and Mm -hmm. the financial access to education and to anything in general is becoming restricted? Do you think that free education is the way to go? I think in a perfect world, in a perfect country, that would be the way to go. But with people that need to be paid, with resources that are needed, mm. I don't see how it could be free, you know? Mm. Even though I think that would be the best solution ever, I really do. I just, for the state that our country is in, I don't see how it would be possible. Yeah. Um, but to, I think what they could do is reduce fees, make it more accessible. I don't see how um, or why it is so expensive, um, but make it more accessible, mm. make it more affordable to the middleman, to yeah. the poor people, to everyone. That's what I think. Maybe one day we can work towards free education because I think that would be the best solution, I think. Okay, what do you think about alternative education? Do you think that 
we're facing this problem because there's only basically one advertised solution and it's just going to university. Do you think that maybe if we had more learning opportunities in terms of uh, apprenticeships, learnerships, and just alternative education that is beneficial, that does offer more skills? Because I just feel like all we know is university. So maybe if there were alternative options that were equally advertised, equally spoken about, then people have, and also just companies in general, I think, if they say, you know, you don't have to get a degree, like we can train you in this way. Yes. I actually never even thought about it, but it's not even put at the same level of yeah, going to university, getting education. I feel like that should be equal. They should really advertise it. Mm. there should be more emphasis on that I agree 100% because as you were speaking that's literally what I was thinking about and I was like you know if we just put all the different options out there at the same playing level as university then people Mm. then it's not as concentrated on because I think right now there's an influx of of people wanting to go to university. But as you're saying, you do need those resources. You've got people that spent decades getting their masters, getting their mm. doctorates. Obviously, they don't want to like, go through all that grueling studying and research and all of that just to get a minimum wage. Obviously, mm. and it is a degree at the end of the day, so it's not going to be cheap. But <clears throat> I, do, excuse me, I do believe that we should maybe be pointing kind of the attention on all the options that are available, not just as the, the like agencies themselves, but as companies, they, they should be, that's actually a pretty good idea. Maybe that I should. That is a great idea. <laughs> I am, I am impressed by you. <laughs> oh yeah. She's the teacher is impressed by me. <laughs> um, so now the last question that I have for you, So, you know, we just uh, recently celebrated Youth Day on Wednesday and we know that, you know, they their fight was for decent education. They wanted to have access to education that would give them opportunity to do better, to be better people and come out of the struggle and the poverty that they were in. And as much as it ended in a in bloodshed and it was it was very emotional, very horrifying what we can take from that experience that they had and from that historic um, moment, that historic day, is that you know they stood together as youth unified for one fight, for one struggle. Now, living in this new South Africa where it's not just a black struggle, it's, it's white people that struggle to afford education, color people, black people, people that are from other countries, other African countries are also here as youth. We're all trying to get a, a decent education. So what do you think is our new collective struggle in this modern day South Africa? You know, it's really got me thinking that as much as like education is important and everything um, around you saying like how important the education is and how it's been emphasized, love that. But now employment that is, sure. I think, the biggest struggle mm. right now. Everyone <laughs> gets their education. People are going to universities, colleges, getting um, degrees. I know so many people who have certificates, degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Don't even have I don't know what's job. happening. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm dying back here. Are you alright? I'm fine. It's just, I've been keeping this cough in. <laughs> Let it out, girl. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I just choked at my tea. That's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, employment. I think that is the struggle now for youth. You can sit with your degree. You can sit with your education, your certificate, your mm-hmm. whatever. But mm-hmm. now, what do you do? Because the whole point of that education is to be able to earn a living. Yeah. To do something with it. And now I feel like there are more and more people sitting at home, more and more young people, capable young people mm. Mm. who don't have any, they don't have a job, they don't know yeah. where anyway to be. And it's just, you know, the economy. <laughs> and but you know what's so depressing like, about that, sorry, is just that mm-hmm. when you get your degree, right, you're fresh out of university, but the longer you sit at home not finding employment, your skill sets are slowly deteriorating. So as the more you're sitting at home, the lower the chances are of you getting employed because now you've been, what, unemployed for almost three years now? What exactly do you remember from school? What kind of experience have you had during that three years to keep you up to date with what's happening in that profession? And it's as much as we can say, there's internet, there's all of that. The problem is some people, they don't have access to internet. People have to go to, like to this day, people have to go to internet cafes just to go and print out a CV to go and apply for a job. So yes. it, it becomes this, you know, this circle of, and I think also even in school and universities, we are promoting employee um, identities instead of entrepreneurship. Let's, let's get yes. people to learn how to create value. If you create value, then people will be willing to pay for what you want or, or what you're offering. Through that, you can start hiring people to you know be part of that process of value creation and then therefore you have entrepreneurship you have business creation but because we are stuck in the cycle of just get a degree so you can be employed somewhere now all of us want to be employed but no one's doing the employing you know exactly exactly and i think that is the struggle we are facing and it's it's a very concerning struggle but um sure this has been a really nice conversation tay it's been super fun super real though and eye-opening to you know a lot of the things that people go through um especially this missing middle i think i i it's very concerning because it's a big portion Mm. of the population um that is not catered for because it there is an assumption that they should be okay not that they are but they should be Mm. so thank Mm. you so much i know that you've got a mad amount of assignments and practicals that you have to do, but you know, it's been great. I've learned a lot and hopefully the listeners have learned a lot. It's been super fun. And thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And thank you so much for taking the time out to be part of this. Um, Of course. I enjoyed this. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, guys, this is, this is the end of the series, but I definitely want to, I mean, okay, next week, if I can just quickly give you guys a highlight, I will be talking to a few student entrepreneurs and just finding out about, you know, their journey in starting a business as a student while juggling their degrees and all of that. So that's what we're, what we will be looking forward to. But I do want to, you know, do have another series, perhaps get more students as well. Cause I just feel like there's so many different stories and, you know, I think everyone has, everyone's voice needs to be heard everyone's story needs to be heard and i think that there's so many other young people out there 
that are going through this and it would be nice for them to know that they're not alone you know so tay again thank you so much for being here thank you so much for being brave enough to open up about your struggles um Thank and you so much for having me. Yay! Yay. It was super fun. <laughs> Even though I nearly died because <laughs> I was trying to keep a coffin. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's been super fun. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. And yeah, that's it for me. So bye, guys. Bye, Tay. Bye, Kay.